Hello and welcome to the She Mentors podcast. My name is Ali and I'll be bringing you interviews from some of Australia's best female entrepreneurs and women in business. So sit back, relax and get ready to be inspired. Today I'm chatting with Jessica Rufus, who is the founder of Calabasaurus, which is a marketing tool that connects brands with partnerships and collaborations. So it's sort of like a dating site. You sign up on the website, you create a listing that includes your business goals, and you get matched with relevant brands that can help you gain exposure. So it's really great for small to medium businesses looking for affordable ways to scale. And over the last three years, Jess has actually connected 5,000 businesses around Australia. She's also launched a podcast. She has over 27,000 Instagram followers. And she just told me that she's been accepted into the Austrade Landing Pads program, which is an accelerator program for startups, and it's based out of San Francisco. So she'll be jetting off there for three months, and she's absolutely smashing it. And I think she really is on her way to world domination. So I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. We'll dive straight in. Hi, Jess. Thank you so much for being on the She Mentors podcast. No worries. Thanks for having me. So we actually met at a dinner party in Melbourne, didn't we? You'd flown down from Sydney and I was really, really impressed with your business and all that you've achieved. So do you want to maybe start with an intro and tell us what Collabosaurus is all about? Yeah, sure. So um, my name's Jess and Collabosaurus is kind of like a matchmaking tool for brands. So if you've seen things like, you know, GoPro and Red Bull teaming up or Spotify and Uber or the Tim Tam and Gelato Messina collaborations, um, you know, brand collaborations is just such an amazing way to grow a business and creatively engage audiences. So we built a platform, which is Collabosaurus that connects complementary businesses together for win-win promotional partnerships. So it's a marketing tool that kind of works like a dating site. I love it. Um, when did you start the business? I started about three years ago, just over three years. Oh, so it's like it's going quickly. But you've done so much. It's so like so quickly. Yeah. So like you, well, you had a PR background to begin with, didn't you? Can you talk through like the stage you're at in your career when you decided to launch your own business and kind of what made you do it? Yeah, sure. Well, I was I was working in um, my first job out of uni was fashion and lifestyle PR as a showroom manager, which was kind of like Devil Wears Prada, but like <laughs> in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, it was it was interesting, but I definitely learned, definitely learned a lot there. Um, and we were kind of pulling together media launch events for clients there, so we were showcasing new of clothes um, to media and bloggers and industry people. Um, But what we were doing is we were doing these on such a budget that we were scrambling together things like venue partnerships and catering partners and photographers and that kind of stuff. And it was just a massive scramble and really time-consuming and frustrating. And there was also this huge opportunity getting missed, I think, by like small business in particular. We were managing bigger brands in in um, PR um, and we would often ask our other PR friends, you know, who has free coconut water we can use at this event when that kind of opportunity would have suited an up and coming brand who really wanted to get in front of a specific demographic. So um, that PR situation, it was frustrating um, pulling brand collaborations together. And then I went and worked in um, small business marketing education 
So we take small businesses through like a 10-month course on how to market your business basically. And we covered strategic partnerships as one of the topics. But I found that a lot of small businesses weren't doing them because they'd been rejected before or they just send pictures out and don't get any response or they'd been taken advantage of in the past. That was a really common thing. Um, you know, big brands making promises that they didn't keep and things like that. So it was kind of like around that time when Tinder was becoming popular and Mm -hmm. I was like, how amazing would it be to have a Tinder style platform that connected brands together? So where I was at, I had been promoted at this small business um, sort of, it was kind of like an agency, but it was an education company. So I was like a junior manager there. Um, and it was a really small team. So I was able to get my hands dirty with a ton of different things across the business. So I, you know, got to really learn hands on things like, you know, advertising and, um, more PR, but from a completely different angle, like B2B PR, um, and then events and all that kind of stuff too. So that's kind of where I was at when Calabasaurus launched. So you were still working there when you launched Clavisaurus. Was it like a little side hustle? So it was a bit of a side hustle. I was very um, cautious not to sort of let my bosses know about that because um, because it was still a marketing tool. I mean, it wasn't competing with that brand, but but we had similar target markets, you know, we were looking to service small businesses. So I kind of had the idea and then I sat on that idea for about four months or so kind of because I get distracted by shiny things all the time. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, this is a great idea. But then I didn't do anything about it for a couple of months. But then when it was still on my mind a couple of months later, I was like, yes, I really want to do something with this. So I started kind of workshopping a couple of ideas and this was around sort of Uh, I think it was September 2014 when, you know, I pulled together a plan and I registered the business name and um, started working with a graphic designer on pulling together a potential website. And then I was at that company still working full-time until January. I think I finished up in late January. Um, And then we launched, we were supposed to launch in February, but we didn't until April of 2015. So, um, Always happens. Absolutely. So what I ended up doing was, um, I started English tutoring after hour, like after school time. So I was doing, and I kind of continued doing that when I was working full time anyway. So I just sort of ramped up the amount of hours I was doing high school English tutoring. Um, and I was also working, um, as a waitress and barista and stuff on the weekend. So that paid rent essentially. Yeah. That's amazing. I think so many people hold off actually launching their business and they sit on it for months and months and months but you actually four months isn't that long and you actually went straight out there and thought right I'm going to build it did you get a developer did you do it yourself I got a developer which looking back probably wasn't the best route for the first MVP um in my head having never built a startup before I was like yes this is you know you build it once and then they come and that's Mm -hmm. the end of it which is absolutely not how (laughs) I know that now Mm -hmm. um but what I ended up doing was I invested pretty heavily in a freelance web developer and a graphic design agency who worked together on pulling together the first product. Um and that first product was I mean it was pretty good considering really um but it was built off a customized WordPress platform and there was a real limit to how much we could customize. Um, And I also didn't budget and plan for 
all of the changes and feature additions and, you know, um, customer problems and things that would prop up over the next six to eight months. So, um, yeah, looking back, that was definitely, (laughs) um, a learning curve. I, if I could go back, I would build it, build the first MVP myself and prove out the concept and get a couple of early clients before confidently launching into like a website launch, you know? Mm. And do you think in hindsight, looking back, would you have maybe stayed at your job longer knowing that it was going to take a little bit longer to launch or were you kind of ready to leave and you just wanted to get started? Oh, I was so ready to leave. (laughs) I was so, so ready to leave. It was one of those things that once that idea really took hold, it was all consuming. And I just, I couldn't really do um, my full-time job, you know, to its full (laughs) capacity because I was so concentrated and preoccupied with this idea. So I think, um, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who get out there and talk about just take the leap and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, there's a leap to it, but it didn't feel like a leap to me at all because I was doing full-time hours, waitressing, you know, consulting and English tutoring, but it was just, I took a shift to a different type of job that wouldn't um, that I didn't have to carry stress home with me. So what, like waitressing and working in hospitality, it's hard work, but I never came home, you know, mentally exhausted. <laughs> it yeah. was more physically exhausted. Then I could, you know, use my mental energy on building Collabosaurus. So I think it's going to be different for everyone. But my advice is, you know, don't just quit everything and start the business because it's very expensive <laughs> to leave. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but there's so many things you can do in terms of like weaning out of your full-time job. I know someone whose full-time job basically gave her, um, three months where she worked two days a week so that she could focus on her own projects. It's like, that's amazing. Like, I don't think I've worked at that kind of company, but I know people who have and have worked out, um, you know, deals with their, with their bosses and things like that. Um, and most of the time people are super understanding and, yeah, you know, I've actually worked out a deal with, with my boss. So I went full time. Yeah, I do. So I've managed three e-commerce brands. Um, and basically I've dropped down to four days a week now so I can have one day a week on She Mentors. And it was like a massive negotiation and it was quite difficult to get to that point, but I feel really lucky that I've got that because I love Absolutely. my day job, yeah. but I've also got this sort of, you know, a burning desire, just like you with She Mentors. I'm like, all I want to do is She Mentors stuff and like interview amazing like female yeah. entrepreneurs. Yeah. But you do have to be patient <laughs> with these things, don't you? And you have to kind of like line all your decks up in a row and think, where is the money going to come from? How am I going to fund it? And so for you, like, and, and like you said, you know, it takes so much longer than you think mm. until, you know, proper revenue enough to cover your own salary and enough to cover your original investment. It takes yeah. a lot longer than you expect, I yeah, think, most right. of the time. Yeah. So that first year for you then, so you're working all these jobs, like it must have been a massive struggle. <laughs> how did you, oh, yeah. how did you, or like, when did it start to make some money for you? Or when did you think, okay. I can, I can do this. I can make some money. Um, that's really interesting because I think traction, it depends how you measure traction because for us, we had a lot of signups at the beginning. And um, for people who don't know Collabosaurus, it's actually free to create a campaign and view your matches anonymously. But then if you want to make connections and collaborate on campaigns, that is when it costs a monthly subscription. Okay. So what we were finding is that in the early kind of six months, we we're getting quite a few people create free campaigns, which was an 
an awesome early sign of traction and we got a really good idea of the types of brands we were attracting, um, but we were getting very low conversion. So we had, you know, proof of traction in terms of people were interested in the idea, but the product wasn't working to the point that it was actually converting customers into paying subscribers mm. um, who were connecting on the platform. So, I mean, I think that that first year was just a huge um, learning curve that we were kind of onto, onto a really good concept. We just didn't have the execution in place. Um, like to give you a bit of context, I mean, I was working extra jobs in addition to Calabasaurus until about two years in. So it wasn't, you know, for a $30 subscription and all of the costs that are associated with, um, you know, building a business and maintaining it and marketing and stuff like that. It was like, we weren't generating enough revenue to pay all of that. Plus do all the things I wanted to do with the product and pay myself, um, until about two years in. So it took about that long. Till it started um, to really pick up. Yeah, I mean, it does take take so long, and it's so expensive, and there's so many things you need to do mm. yourself. So, what do you reckon was that turning point? Then, do you think when you sort of, you know, you said two years ago, what was that turning point? Yeah. Oh, uh, look, I think what was happening. Uh, okay, so what we actually did was we met with um, some potential investors actually and we were talking through our metrics and basically saying, oh, you know, it costs us X amount to acquire a new customer and from that customer on average we make X, Y, Z. So um, the investors were basically concerned because we'd never spent a significant amount on marketing to show those results at scale And so basically what we did is we decided, okay, we'll put, you know, five grand or two grand or something into marketing this month just to prove it in a quick injection how these metrics perform um, in a short window of time. And it absolutely worked like clockwork. And within a month, we doubled um, our subscriber base. So in doing that, that was kind of the turning point, I think, where the the revenue was, you know, we were cash flow positive, I suppose, after that point. So we took a little bit of a, a gamble, you know, hoping that our metrics would perform it at the higher scale and they did. So yeah, that was a, a little bit of a turning point. But I mean, there's so many things that happen. Yeah. With the advertising, what, um, what channels were you using? For that particular campaign? Um, oh, we were doing we were doing a mixed job, but Instagram story ads tended to be the most successful for really? us. Um, but we were leading to a couple of different things. So we had a couple of different funnels. We found that a lot of the advertising that was like, check out Calabasaurus, you can collaborate with other brands, they didn't work, like ones that led straight to Calabasaurus. There was a lot of educating of the market and stuff we needed to do around what collaborations are, why they're so powerful, how they could work for, you know, that particular brand. So what we would do is um, the ads would lead to a free video masterclass course on how to do brand collaborations. And in that, we had the opportunity to talk about how long they could potentially take and how Calabasaurus can make that so much easier, but it wasn't like a hard sell. Um, And that was probably our most successful funnel. Um, We also have a podcast now as well, and that's Mm, been amazing. I love it. (laughs) Thanks. I'm glad. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So we've just like organically attracted about I think it was 20,000 listens, just over 20,000 listens last week, which is so exciting and so unexpected. We ran a couple of ads at the beginning through Instagram stories, but then found that um, the organic pickup was just amazing on its own. So we kind of roll, but... 
So would you yeah. say then your advice for people starting out would be not necessarily going for the hard sell, but offer maybe a freebie that they can download and then you've got them on an email list and sort of warm them up a little bit before the hard sell? Would that be a sort of sensible way to go about it? It totally depends on the type of product or business. I think building a brand is really important um, and offering value for free is really, really important in order to build that trust and emotional connection with your brand. So how we did that is we did that through Instagram early on and I would spend hours making connections and friendships on Instagram with potentially ideal clients and also ideal strategic partners partners as well. Um, So that was really, really important. And, you know, making sure that all of your content and posts and free stuff going out there, it's, you know, two points of value to every one piece of promotion, for example. Um, And networking is also a big one there. And that, you know, social media and all of that online stuff should just act as a support to real life rather than being the be all end all. I think, you know, going to events and meeting people and getting out there was probably the most, you know, successful thing in the early days. Yeah, that's great. Um, So going back quickly to funding, um, can you talk to us about that? Because funding is completely new to me. I'm aside from obviously collaborations and advertising and all of those things, how does someone go about getting funding and what kind of struggles did you have when you initially went for them? Oh gosh, I'm probably not the best person to ask because we haven't closed off our round. Um, We've been talking to investors for the last about a year or so on and off and different types of investors, which has been so interesting and I've learned a lot. We're actually just about to head over to San Francisco to do um, an investment raise over there, which I think will be a completely different kettle of fish altogether. But um, in terms of how to go about get funding, getting funding, I think that's a really interesting question. But I would say just from my experience so far is to try and avoid getting um, other people involved as long as you can. But I mean, you know, that's kind of just what I have done. Mm. <laughs> so it's not necessarily the right way to go. But, you know, there's so many success stories of people who have gone out and got that credit card or funded it themselves or, you know, done a Kickstarter campaign. I mean, I know someone who released a poetry book the other day and raised $50,000 on Kickstarter, oh. like, which is amazing. There's so many different ways to go about it and there's lots of grants available. There's actually a lot of um, government grants available to people who are just starting out versus people who have been in business. So definitely check them out early. There's things like the Accelerating Commercialization Grant, um, which is amazing, and Canva even used that when they started up. So, yeah, there's there's more ways than just investors to get funding. I mean, from experience, it it is. I I really have found it quite difficult. Yeah. At She Mentors events, we like to talk about sort of the highs and the lows of business. And I know that you've probably had loads of those going up and down. What would you say is your, (laughs) what would you say is your best moment and your worst moment of your career to date? Oh gosh. Um, there are so many. It was actually really hard to sort of pinpoint the best. I suppose recently when we got accepted into this Oztrade 
San Francisco landing pads program, that was a big high because it was highly competitive and we're going, you know, alongside robotics engineers and crazy, crazy smart people. So um, that was really amazing to get accepted. That was definitely one of the highs recently. Um, In terms of lows, um, there was actually a legal situation with a family member that was really awful for a couple of months. So that was just an emotional roller coaster and oh, wow. was really awful for a little while. So that was a really hard time and I almost gave up at that point. I think so I'm glad a, I didn't. So with that was that family was part of your business potentially? Um kind of. He gave like a loan to the business at the start and then decided to turn it into something that it wasn't. <laughs> oh no. That would be such a stress. Like how do you like how do you deal with that kind of stuff? Like, do you have a good support network around you? Like the stresses of that would just be too much. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been so stressed out oh. ever at, until that point. Um, how I handled it, look, I didn't handle it very well. <laughs> I have awesome people around me. Like I'm, you know, my business partner and my boyfriend and, you know, my network and even like my parents and stuff were amazing during that whole situation. And I got myself a really good lawyer um, who was also a really great support. But um, yeah, look, I think, I mean, There's someone I really respect who is a business coach and she often talks about separating, you know, business and your personal life and your emotional life and stuff, which is so much easier easier said than done, you know. Like I find that really hard to do. I'm very emotionally connected to Calabasaurus, so um, I find that really difficult. But, you know, at the end of the day, things that go wrong in your business aren't necessarily a reflection on you, you know, not succeeding and you shouldn't go too far in internalizing those things and instead you know just be adaptable and address them and move on but um yeah I mean that one was a particularly tricky one because it was a family member (laughs) so how could I make it not personal but yeah yeah and how have you um so obviously the team around you like you said is just so important when you're going out you know in business um how have you sort of grown your immediate team with Calabasaurus like what does it look like now and what was that journey like trying to recruit people and and get those really good connections and people you can trust because I think that's a really that's a massive challenge in business it's a huge challenge yes and I definitely haven't been perfect in you know in all those endeavors (laughs) but I have a brilliant team around me now and really I think a lot of it comes from um it's like a building trust over time thing. It's not like no interview can help you understand a person and how they work. I think working with someone over a period of time gives you a really good sense of who they are. I mean, Emma, who's our enterprise manager, she actually did like some intern work for Calabasaurus three years ago when we started Um, and then she got headhunted for an agency job (laughs) which she took and now she's back here with us. It was just funny because it's like, you know, by that point I knew how she worked. I could trust her 100% um, and I knew what she was capable of as well. So it was so much easier to make those kinds of decisions. Mm. Um, And my business partner, Nick, we actually hired his agency um, at the beginning. So I worked with him almost as just in a paid consulting relationship. And then after about, it was like a year or 18 months, that's when he sort of came into the business. So my kind of strategy has been a much longer term you know, building relationship types type of thing because you can have that level of trust. Um, 
But yeah, look, it's going to get a lot harder, I think, as we scale. I mean, if we secure funding in the US, which is in the next three months, we'll be quite quickly investing that into um, scaling the team out a lot more, which is going to be a whole new challenge, I think. But um, someone suggested to me... um, to bring in some of your like trusted network into the interview process. I mean, depending on who you're hiring for, I already know who I would ask, you know, to sit in on the interview process with me and like see it from the absolute outside. I think that'd be a really good strategy too. Yeah. And I think just having people recommend colleagues or previous people I've worked with, like on LinkedIn is just so valuable Mm -hmm. because like you said, someone, you can get a completely different opinion of someone in an interview and then they start and they're just, not quite right or they don't you know they're not they don't share your values so it's such a minefield to sort of to recruit for your own business because like you said you're emotionally connected to it totally and I mean I have a friend who just interviewed for Instagram and they had 13 interviews so it's like you know the big companies are doing 13 one-hour interviews to fill like one position Mm. and I can see why they do that you know they look for culture fit they look at the ability to complete the job all that kind of stuff there's so many different things they look for so I can Mm. see why but you know as a small business you just don't have the resources or the sort of pulling power to have a have 13 interviews I know. with one person. It's so exhausting, isn't but, it? Exhausting. I mean, if I could, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So for, so for the listeners who have small businesses, um, who are potentially mm. thinking about scaling and collaborating, what would your advice be to them just starting out, like the, the first steps potentially of collaborating or growing or scaling? What, what would be your advice? Um, well, my first piece of advice is actually a quote that was actually on the original website of Calabasaurus, and that's don't wait for opportunity, create it. I think it's really important to create opportunity for your business to grow. A lot of people, you know, particularly if they're coming from corporate and they're not used to that hustle, um, they'll sit back and wait for opportunities to come to them based off, you know, a really great brand when really um, opportunities come by, you know, creating those opportunities for yourself. So, I mean, even listing something on Collabasaurus is an act of creating opportunity. Mm -hmm. You're putting yourself out there and, um, you know, getting in front of potential collaborators. I think another piece of advice for people starting out would be don't give up too early. I think a lot of people, um, you know, get about I don't know, eight months in or so, realize how much hard work it is, mm-hmm. um, maybe get rejected a couple of times and really take that on board and then quit way before they should. Um, and I think a lot of businesses fail because they just have given up too early and mm-hmm. half the game is persistence, mm-hmm. you know, being able to stay in it and motivated is totally, really hard. Totally. How do, how do you stay motivated? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I think listen to like podcasts and that kind of motivates me. And obviously talking to people like you who have successful businesses, that really motivates me. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I think um, talking to people is definitely a massive motivator for me. I'm quite an extrovert. <laughs> so, you know, when you get energy from talking to other people, that's kind of like me. So if you have um, cool people around you who you can talk to about stuff, that can be very energizing. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's very different though. Like I, I'm just a massive marketing geek. So every <laughs> time we get to try something out on Clavisaurus, like I love it. So yeah, I think I'm motivated by how exciting the whole space is and how massive the market is and, you know, the consistent um, 
sort of validation we get from customers who's, who've successfully collaborated um, and feedback we get as well absolutely motivates me. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Does that answer your question? I feel yeah, like that wasn't does, very helpful. Does. Do you have any, I mean, you've got your podcast. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that one and potentially any other podcasts that you listen to? Um, so my own podcast is Stop, Collaborate and Listen. So it's a business marketing and collaboration podcast and they're usually only 10-minute long episodes. They're super short because I have a short attention span <laughs> and they run through, you know, five tips on how to do X, Y, Z. So like five tips on growing your Instagram or five tips on collaborating with a product brand or stuff like that. So that's our podcast. Um, I started that after binge listening to How I Built This, which if you haven't listened to that podcast, you have to. It's my no, absolute favorite. They've got a really, oh my gosh, you're going to love it. Who, There's who a that? really good so it's how I built this by Guy Raz. Okay. Um, and he interviews the founders of like Airbnb and Instagram and um, Rent the Runway. And there's a really good one with Sarah Blakely that I love. She um, invented Spanx, you know, those oh, yeah, like yeah. that underwear that sucks you in. Mm. So she invented them and no one believed in her idea when she started out. She was super young and just like hustled really hard and it was such a great story. So I binge listened to that and then decided to start a podcast myself. Um, the other things I've been listening to lately is there's one episode, I don't usually listen to the Tony Robbins podcast, but there's one episode that interviews the founder of Skype and it's oh, wow. all about innovating in zeros. And that is a very interesting episode. Um, and then the other podcasts I listen to are kind of like, I don't think you guys would find it interesting. There's <laughs> software software B2B podcast. The technical I, I listen to one. Yeah, yeah. I listen to one called the Growth Hub podcast by Advanced B2B and that breaks down um, B2B software companies and sort okay. of how they've gone about building. So if you're in software or B2B, it's super, super interesting um, as well. Okay, amazing. And what's next for you then, Jess? So you've got your San Francisco trip lined up, which sounds really <laughs> scary, actually, yes. to me. <laughs> and exciting. But like, what well, are your... When I first found out, I was, I was so nervous. Not so much now. I'm feeling a lot more confident about it now. Is the whole team going over? No, just me. Everyone just else you. is staying here. Oh, mm-hmm. you'll be amazing. You'll be, and think about the contacts you're going to make. I know. Well, we already have a meeting with um, Google and Stackler and Dropbox over there. So I'm so excited. The contacts and stuff I'll make just from that trip are incredible. So what do you think um, the next 12 months look like for Collabrasaurus and what exciting projects have you got lined up? The next 12 months, that'll be interesting. I think the focus is going to really be around growth and product improvement. Um, but everything is very dependent on this cap raise. So starting sort of the next three months, I'll be in San Francisco hustling my butt off. And then from January, 2019, it'll be all systems go in terms of us expansion and allocating resources over there, which will be so exciting. I'll be sussing out a couple of uh, different HQ options. My gut feel is that it's going to be LA Mm-hmm. but I'm not 100% sure yet. It depends on the market and stuff over there. Um, but, yeah, probably a small team over there, more of a technical team here and, yeah, a lot more resources to grow, I suppose. But, so I mean, we've attracted about, yeah, we've attracted about 5,000 brands so far. Um, and so my whole goal is to get to, you know, 15,000 by the end of next year. So 
that's hopefully what the next 12 months is going to look like. Love it. So you've got some big goals. Yes, I like it. Yes. Amazing. So (laughs) before we wrap up then, where can people find out more about you? Um, Well, they can head to collabosaurus.com or we're always on Instagram at collabosaurus or, of course, you can listen to the podcast, which is called Stop, Collaborate and Listen. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jess. It's been so lovely speaking to you. Thank you. Thanks so much. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Jess Rufus from Collabosaurus. Please do leave a review for us and do check out the She Mentors website, shementors.com.au and follow us on Instagram where we always post lots of updates and do keep your eye out for the next events happening in Melbourne and Sydney. Thanks so much.